Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 179 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and we're going to be talking more about growing the game today with none other than uh, the man behind the sponsor of this podcast, Active Scouts. Robert Eberhardt, and uh, for those of you who may not know, he's uh, in Whistler, British Columbia, the beautiful ski resort there, world-class ski resort, and he's been growing uh, the game uh, there for a very long time, over 20 years, uh, not only there, but throughout uh, that part, that region of Canada, and uh, he's got a lot of great thoughts, great ideas. Uh, Active Scout is just one of them. Uh, We're going to be talking about Active Scout a bit on the podcast and how we can use it to grow the game at our clubs and at the management level but also Rob has some uh, really uh, interesting thoughts and we have some some good discussion here on what what's needed in order to grow the game in general uh, we had his uh, good friend and uh, squash uh, uh, buddy Ben Thomas, who is also from uh, from the area of Whistler, and he came on a few uh, episodes back and talked to uh, that as well. So we're going to uh, flesh out quite a bit about growing the game, talk a bit about the app, uh, Active Scout, and uh, had a really good time. I spent uh, one year in Whistler uh, with Rob, uh, just right around when the courts were uh, erected there at the Meadow Park Recreation Center, which is still the center of squad. And Whistler, but uh, as Ben pointed out in his podcast, and as Rob uh, and I talk about, uh, they're looking to grow that. We talk about that a little bit, but we talk more uh, in general about growing the game. But they're hoping to grow it even further in Whistler using the template uh, that Ben had laid out on his pod. And Rob uh, takes that uh, a little bit further in a broader sense. So I know uh, everybody will uh, glean something from this today. Really interesting chat uh, with. Active Scouts, Rob Eberhardt. Enjoy the pod. Good to see you, Rob. And finally, uh, uh, to put uh, a voice to the the sponsor that I've been teasing for several months, uh, Active Scout. I've been talking about it. uh, Well, you've been sponsoring the podcast, firstly. Thanks uh, so much for that. Really appreciate it. And uh, and I've been friends. uh, we, We were joined at the hip there for about a year in Whistler, uh, and uh, while I was there, and uh, you've been there uh, pretty much since then. Oh, you have been there since then, uh, for the most part, I think, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was off and on uh, in Vancouver, in Banff, in a few few different places, but yeah, often uh, pretty much uh, since 91, I've been in Banff uh, after I graduated from Western, University of Western Ontario. University home of the West Mustangs. Mustangs. Home of the Mustangs, home of the most uh, prolific uh, Canadian squash uh, varsity team. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we've had a few of the guys on uh, from that team. Uh, Chris Hanaberry, name uh, name a couple. Uh, who else? Ben Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Ben. Yeah, Ben's He's... been on it. He, he had, uh, I really enjoyed chatting with him. But yeah, uh, yeah. tell, tell uh, you know, tell her, I, I did talk quite a bit about Whistler with Ben, but I mean, you've been there even longer than Ben, pretty much since the inception of uh, the Meadow Park Rec Center, which is where the squash facility is. And hopefully uh, we'll be uh, seeing more squash courts uh, in the future, uh, you know, with any luck. But uh, tell us about, uh, you know, your, your squash backstory, if you don't mind, and then uh, Whistler squash. 
Sure. Well, uh, with Whistler Squash, uh, I was the founding president of the Whistler Squash Club. So uh, I, you know, when the courts were, we were, when the courts were being built, uh, they asked me to come in and be a consultant. (laughs) (laughs) Me get, anyways, that was, that was, uh, anyways, so we founded uh, the Whistler Squash Club and I was the founding president of the club, got a whole bunch of people together and, uh, and uh, we started playing leagues and stuff. But before that, um, you know, I, I didn't start playing squash until I was 15. And the club I used to play out of, they didn't even have a junior program. I thought I was going to be a world champion because <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see any other kids playing. Yeah. So I thought oh, I'm, I'm going to be great. In, uh, that was in London, Ontario, was it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I took some lessons from, uh, we referred to him as Matt Karim. Uh so I did that. I did that for about a year, but I must have made him pull out his pull out his hair hair uh, because I was I was just starting playing squash at 15 at that time. And he was probably thinking to himself, oh, this this boy hasn't got a hope. (laughs) But uh, let's you know, Matt Karim has got a bad backstory. He's the first Egyptian to ever really uh, make that to make the mark on the world scene. He won four British Opens, and many of the listeners would know him by uh, Mahmoud Karim. Mahmoud Karim. I'm probably really butchering that name, and people are probably but listening I, to this going, oh, my God. But he, 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 uh, he simplified it for, for the Canadians, did he? For the Canadians, yeah. He simplified it for Canadian, pur- Canadian purposes, yeah. Yeah, so he was the pro at our club for a little while. Right. Um, uh, anyways, he won four British Opens uh, starting in 1947 and oh, was wow. okay. uh, beaten in 1951 by the great Hashim Khan. Okay, well, there you go. We've got the legend, the absolute legends, uh, the four yeah, the yeah. Pioneer, the pioneers of pro squash. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> anyways. Uh, oh, great. Well, I think because I, I, I started squash so late and because I had this uh, uh, thought that I was going to be, uh, you know, this great player, you know, I had a lot of passion for the game very, very yeah. early. Well, that was one thing I, I mean, one thing I was, I mean, we stumbled upon each other. I forget how, maybe I think I was there. I dropped by the club and you were playing with uh, Neil. I think Neil, um, Armstrong, what, what was his name? Neil, um, not Neil Armstrong, of course. Uh, Neil. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Neil. Guy, uh, quite good. He was quite a good player. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, I, I remember Neil. Uh, he doesn't play anymore. Um, no. Well, he, he, he was struggling even back then. He, he was always injured. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think you two were playing, and I, I dropped by the club just to check things out. I was just – I just arrived, and then, uh, you know, I – you probably didn't, you know, you just looked at me and said, this guy, who's he? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny when you're in a, when you're in a small town and, and a, a place like Whistler, like you, we have people from all over the world and, and, and quite often they'll come in and say, Hey, I'm, uh, you know, I'm this, uh, you know, great top player from, from here. And, and, uh, from I, the Maritimes bike. From, from each time I each time I hear that I go yeah okay uh, let's go on court yeah and, yeah. Uh, and lo and behold they may not be quite as 
quite what they say they are. You get but, that a lot. You know, it, I get that a lot. It, Even here, like uh, a few weeks back, one of the guys at the club said, oh, yeah, there's a guy here. He's number – plays number one in uh, Cornwall County in the league. So anyways, I was like, oh, God, okay, yeah, he's going to be – you know, he'll be pretty good or whatever. Showed up, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, yeah, no. I don't know what divi- division one of, what, I don't know what 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 one meant, but uh, there must have been a few above one, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe, that's yeah. Maybe this the the story, like all legends or like all stories, tend to get uh, sort of exaggerated by the people who pass on the information. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I get it too. They they're looking for a good game, and they're they're coming into a small community, and they figure, well, I got I got to make sure I play the the best guy in the community, otherwise, I'm not uh, I'm not yeah. going to have much of a game. Uh, anyways, uh, so um, you know, fast forward my story. Uh, you know, from just starting to play squash, I, I ended up uh, as the pro in in Banff and started a tournament there. Um, uh, the tournament has changed its name, but is still going strong many, many years after uh, after I started it in in 1992. So the Banff, was, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, ski, ski resort. resort. Yeah. Well, Banff, the national park. Banff. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, and I was sponsored by Apollo Emmerich, and and many listeners Ooh. may know Dominic Hughes. Uh, so yeah. Dominic Hughes was the Western Canadian rep for them at the time. And uh, he's now in uh, Cayman Islands, uh, isn't he? Or... No, no, he's, he's, uh, he is in Philadelphia. Okay. He's been, he's been there well, for quite some like time. The and, hub uh, of squash, North American squash now. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and then, uh, and then I came to, came back to Whistler and founded the squash club. Uh, but while I was before you arrived, I think I think this happened before you arrived. I played for the Comox Valley squash team in uh, in Vancouver, right? And and I played their I, I played uh, their their team captain was Brooke Siver. So many yeah. uh, BC people may know Brooke. Uh, he's uh, the Manta rep now, right? Um, right. Uh, but. Uh, uh, we have a bit of a backstory. Anyways, he was the team captain. We had a he had a Div One team, uh, sorry, a Div Two team, a Div Two team. So I, I played for them, and we won Div Two, and uh, we were the first uh, Comox team or Valley team to ever come into Vancouver to uh, to wow. win the to win and play Div One. And then the next year we won Div One, but we had the help of uh, a little kid at the time who took over the number one spot. Okay. Uh, I don't know if one you know his, brothers? his name, uh, Victor Berg. Oh, he, okay. <laughs> a little kid. Yeah, a yeah. little 16 year old kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, Came yeah, he, played our, he, he would played our number certainly one. help proceedings. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He was only, yeah. So that would have been maybe a year or two uh, before I arrived because Victor, uh, we spent a lot of time with him, uh, well, I was in Whistler and he was still in his uh, er, sort of late teens, I think, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Still a precocious young man at that point. Yeah, so and so then, hey, you, you arrived and we had a great time. <laughs> oh, it was great, yeah. 
Yeah, it was really, it was a fantastic year. I wish I, you know, very easily could have stayed uh, longer, but uh, you know, other things happened. But uh, so, so uh, now uh, you're here to talk about active scout a bit, but before we do that, just to, you know, just to give the listeners a little bit of a, a view of what Whistler squash is all about. I mean, when I was there, uh, you know, I did a little bit of coaching along with you and I got to meet some really good people from around the world. Like one, one guy, I think you, you might remember him, uh, Alan Absalom. Uh, he was the C he was the CEO or managing director of Lloyd's bank in Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. And I ended up, uh, crossing paths with him like several, like, 10, no, not 10, maybe five years later when I took my team from Seoul over to Tokyo to play some exchange matches with clubs. And one of the clubs was his club. And he and I organized the whole thing together. I met him in Whistler. Nice. Yeah. Well, you you know, you meet so many, you meet so many people in, in Whistler. We've had some really good players. I mean, per capita, uh, you know, considering we've got a small community of 10,000 permanent residents, um, we, we have some of the best players uh, around just showing up, you know, taking a year off, coming over from England, uh, playing squash. So yeah. uh, mo- most years I'm, uh, you know, most years I get crushed by some 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. Uh, who's a, a phenom from somewhere. Right. Well, you're not getting any younger. So it, it's no. gotta be, every year it must get more. Actually, you probably th- embrace those opportunities because, it, you know, if when you're younger and you get beat, it, it sort of bothers you. But when you get a bit older and you get beat by a younger guy, at least for me anyways, I always have that chip on my shoulder. Like, you know, I've got, you know, I'm older than him. I, you know, I, I, you know, I don't deserve, you know, he, he should be beating me easily. So if I can keep the game close, then I'm pretty happy anyways. Yeah. 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 Uh, do, do, do you remember uh, going down to the Seattle open one oh, yeah. year? That was and uh, you and I, I played I think, in finals of the, the men's, uh, was a men's a, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I think, final. <laughs> I think, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So I, I think you played a guy named Matt Gilman. Was it was it you that played Matt? Yeah, I remember. I think I remember. Yeah, and, and he introduced he introduced oh, like yeah. he introduced you to the Caracal Rackets. Caracal Rackets and grips. We were yeah, we were fools we, not to take that further, weren't we? Well, I did take it further. Oh, did, I, well, I, well, we did. We but, sort of did, didn't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. You, I I. I we, I wanted you to come into business with me. I, I said, I hey, that, Jerry, yeah. let's, let's go into business. Let's import these rackets because they look really cool. Yeah. And because, uh, you know, the West Coast of Canada just had, uh, well, Canada uh, up until that point had not really been inundated with Caracal. Black Knight and uh, just a few, yeah. few names out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just a few names. And I'd never heard of Caracal and, and never heard of their grips. Yeah. Uh, but after asking, you know, some of the, the, you know, the top players who toured, um, you know, found out that Caracal grips are awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we tried them and, yeah. and they yeah. are awesome. Can't play without them. 
<laughs> no, no. But uh, so, so I wanted you to come into business with me. You, 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 you kind of went, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. I remember, I remember that conversation actually. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you're trying to convince me we were in, in your car, I think at the time. And uh, yeah. Or might've yeah, been yeah. in my, in the, in the bakery truck that I used to drive around. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but anyways, Rob, we had some good times there. That yeah, that Seattle Open was a good uh, was a great final uh, uh, between us. Uh, that was a good fun, good to celebrate. Uh, you know, the, the top two players in uh, in Whistler getting uh, to the final down south of the border. But um, uh, now we're here to talk about uh, Active Scout, though, and uh, you know, you sponsor the podcast, which again, thank you so much. Now I. I uh, you know, I just noticed that the website is up and it looks fantastic. Uh, well, I, really I, don't, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, I'll probably. Put, I, mean, put it, a, it, I mean, it's a huge improvement over what it was, but it, it looks it looks pretty good. Uh, I'm sure you, you, you know, you've got other vision, you know, being the, uh, the guy behind it, you have a vision of what it, uh, what you want it to look like. But the mantra for on, on the website, it says, uh, creating a community through communication. So uh, why don't we start with that? Well, okay, let, let, me, let me take you on a, on a lead up because uh, the reason why I mentioned that Seattle Open was that this was oh. when I met Jeff Watts and, uh, and, okay. uh, and Jeff was, uh, you know, he was the Caracal man in, in uh, Eastern Canada at that time. And so I, I, uh, I started working with him and distributing Caracal uh, the rackets for a while. Um, and then I'm just going to whip through kind of, you know, post Jerry Gibson, uh, to, you know, go, th- go through the timeline. Cause I think the timeline's, uh, pretty important here. Um, I became the, the pro at the Denman fitness company, uh, for two years. And during yep. those two years, we, uh, we won two div one titles. Um, and, uh, uh, but then Denver I got clubs, a prolific, uh, it was a famous squash of fitness center in downtown Vancouver. Right. Oh yeah. 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 At the time it was the I, most actually popular. you had, we, you had, uh, uh the, the, the famous in- incident, uh, took place, uh, at the Denman Club, <laughs> there's so many, there's so many incidents there. No, no, I, that, well, that, that was the one where, uh, uh, I think. Oh yes, yeah. at the tournament. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, we, we should probably tell that story because. Uh, okay, I, don't, well, I didn't want to tell it. I didn't. You, oh, you didn't want to tell it. No, okay. I, no. I'd love to tell it, but I didn't want to tell it in, in, unless you're okay with it. That's. All. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think there's. I. You know what? The funny thing is, I think there's so many stories that. Uh, well, is this uh, okay for the air airwaves? Well, absolutely, anything's okay for the air here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. So, so Jerry, Jerry Gibson and I are, are, uh, are playing in a tournament at the Denman, Denman Fitness Company, and we go out to the Lamplighter Inn for the Saturday Night Social uh, in downtown Gastown in Vancouver. And, uh, and then we go outside um, to pass around a beer, wasn't it? We were, pass, we were gathered a, a, a few boys yeah. around, around uh, sitting yeah. outside, around in a circle, passing yeah. around this beer. Yes. And 
and you only get the good effects of the beer if you drink it really slow and inhale it. Yeah, you've got to and, inhale. And Not like before. Bill Clinton said he didn't inhale, but we <laughs> had to inhale. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, that that night went on for me for uh, for a long time, and uh, I I probably got two hours sleep, and right. then I showed up for my game, uh, my semifinal game in the in the morning, and true uh, Canadian style. Two hours. Canadian ago. style. Yeah. So in in the first game, you know typical Canadian style, uh, my shoes were a little bit worse for the wear and I blew out the side of my shoes. Uh, yeah. and, and so in the first game, I came right out of my shoe. Like the sole just came right off. I, I remember so, Mike Smeltzer lent you his shoes, right? Yeah. Mike Smeltzer let, <laughs> let me his shoes. And then, so, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, well, first of all, I'm frantically looking around and Mike, Mike, Mike's a good guy from, I think he's from Halifax. He's from Halifax, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he he lends me his shoes like a like a good Easterner, yeah. uh, and uh, and then so I'm I'm playing and in about the third game, uh, I'm I'm up two games to nothing and I and I'm almost at match ball, and uh, anyways the ball's coming to me. I swing and I just keep swinging. And I just keep swinging at the ball, yeah. and and then I I fall down and and I'm having a, an epileptic seizure, yeah. And and pe- people are going, what the hell's like? Because I was always known. I was for... watching the match. I, I was... Oh, you were watching? The match. Yeah. It's like what? Is, what the? What the f is going were on? You, were you reffing? No, I was. I don't think I was reffing. No. No, I might have. Anyways, <laughs> every I think everybody thought I was joking because I used to do like stuff like you know you do the Steve you know we're all lear- we all were learning from Steve Lawton. I mean right. we we'd yeah. hit all the we'd hit the ship right. Yeah, yeah, you'd hit the drop shot and you'd stick your ass way out so that the guy <laughs> couldn't get by you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I you the know school of Lawton that 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 was his territory basically. So we all. Uh, everyone sort of looked up to him and, and uh, fashioned their their gamesmanship after him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So everybody thought I was joking around, but I was having a seizure, and mm. uh, and then um, and then so the ambulance was called, and uh, they they hauled me off uh, on a stretcher. And yeah. Mike's Mike's chaser, chaser yeah, he's the ambulance guys. I gotta get my shoes. <laughs> my shoes. <laughs> what are you doing with my shoes? And uh, it yeah. must have looked really bad. Who's this guy trying to steal shoes off of this this poor injured kid? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, remember that uh, like it was yesterday, and you know it was kind of obviously we can laugh now, but it was a you know a little bit scary at, at the time. But it was, you know, you'd had a, you'd had a epileptic seizures before. Yeah, you had, yeah. As as a as a child, I I had them, uh, but uh, hadn't had them for many many years. And yeah. Uh, so and, needless to say, uh, uh, Carol was not very happy with me at that time. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, probably not. But yeah, anyways, 
Car- Carol and I got married. Yeah. So, right, so yeah, yeah. That was before you were married. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. This was before we got married. So we got married. We, yeah. we had, but uh, she, didn't, uh, she never let me know about it. That, that's for sure. She was so sweet. And so, uh, nice oh, yeah. and she, uh, even if she maybe thought poorly of, uh, you know, our party, uh, party, uh, decisions, partying decisions, uh, <laughs> she always supported us as, uh, you know, friends and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but okay, uh, yeah. Can, let, let's continue on with the uh, the the, the storyline here. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, we'll I'll come back for another podcast and we can tell oh, yeah, all the yeah, all, yeah. all the juicy stories. Whistler Whistler squash stories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Whistler squash stories. Uh, but yeah. anyways, after after I got married and started having kids, well, I, you know, you're 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 a dad too with kids about. Um, the age of my kids, I think. That's right. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, my uh, my oldest is going to Western. Okay. And uh, my youngest is uh, she's got uh, top marks in her class, so straight A's, so she's doing well. Right. Uh, I was a little worried about raising kids in uh, in a town like Whistler, but uh, <clears throat> but you know. Well, uh, there's a lot of a lot of distractions. Here a healthy lifestyle there, that's for sure. But a healthy lifestyle, yeah. Uh, anyways, after you know having kids, and you can probably attest to this, uh, you know, you you take that reassessment of your life, and you go, hey, uh, um, you know, that that was my, the things that I those were the things that I did pre kids, and uh, you know, uh, exactly what you yeah. do post kids are something completely different. Absolutely, 100. Um, yeah, so I, I, after about this time, I started up a company called Studio E, and Studio E was a creative agency, and uh, we essentially did video production, webs, web design, um, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, um, and um, uh, we we started out a whole bunch of small companies from. Uh, Studio E, and essentially, you know, we were a tech lab before tech labs were a thing. And we, I started a, another company called Immersivision uh, that I sold to uh, uh, a company in San Francisco. <clears throat> and uh, Immersivision was an award-winning uh, graphic <clears throat> uh, user interface. Um, we won an interna- a couple international awards for our user interface, uh, but we sold that company. And, uh, and I, uh, after about that time, I also, well, th- this fast forward to 2000 and, and uh, 2015 or something, uh, yeah. I became uh, the Oliver rep here in Western yes, Canada, Oliver, see, Oliver see, Rackets. Pimp in the Rackets. They look good. Pimp in the Rackets again. Well, I, I did yeah. that for s- several companies. Uh, um, and, uh, and then I was uh, the pro, uh, well, not the pro, head pro, but uh, the assistant uh, in charge of the junior program at Evergreen, helping out there, uh, yeah. because my youngest daughter was very interested in playing squash, and she had a pretty good gift. Um, in fact, she's still got a great gift. She's she's pushing me hard because uh, in times of COVID, you can't play anybody else except your family yeah. here at here at our club. And so she's been getting phenomenally good. Um, uh, And, uh, but anyways, so she, she wanted, 
Yeah, she wanted to play squash. And so I said, well, you should play squash at Evergreen because Evergreen has the best junior program in BC, um, at least from my uh, experience. And so I was I started helping out with their junior program for a number for a few years, I think for about four years. Um, But, you know, fast forward to 2018 and uh, I, I felt like you know, this, the idea of active scout had already been brewing and, uh, in different forms, but I felt confident in my ability to solve some of the biggest issues, uh, facing the squash industry. So I, I was, uh, an experienced administrator for our Whistler squash club now for well over 20 years. Yeah. I'm a level three, uh, squash coach. Uh, I volunteered with squash BC and I understand, the racket sports industry because I've been selling them on and off for a number of years. And so in addition, I had gone back to school and done my MBA um, and I was an award-winning user interface designer. So I felt, Hey, you know what? I, I could build something here that could potentially really help the squash industry, but you kind of, I have to kind of take a look back. Okay. So what are the challenges? What challenges and what limitations does squash face? Well, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the clubs themselves, they're shrinking and they really don't have any budget. Uh, Some have a budget, but you know, those budgets are shrinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And this industry is fragmented. And I think this is an important thing to point out that we have, you know, if if you look at the racket sports industry, you've got 30,000 independent clubs and each one of those clubs makes decisions and builds their team as an independent environment. So they're essentially reinventing the wheel, very little communication between clubs on, Hey, what are you guys doing? That's so great. You know, there's very little of that. Everybody Mm -hmm. works as this autonomous single small unit. So they're constantly reinventing the wheel over and over again. And then you take a look at the booking systems that are there to automate those clubs. And there are about 240 booking systems out there um, from what I've, uh, you know, from all of the research that I've done and uh, I've done deep dives on many of them. Um, But, you know, with 240 competing booking systems, that really commoditizes the, that SaaS, the software as a service business. And it makes it really tough for many of these companies to do what they had aspired to do because of the competition, because they have to feel like they're have to lower their prices to fit within the budgets of the club. It's, it's really tough. And, um, and uh, now, you know, so you take a look at squash. Okay. What's going to help squash grow? And maybe Jerry, I'll, I'll pose this question to you because I think yeah. there's a lot of things that could help squash grow, but I've kind of boiled it down to, to two elements. Um, and Jerry, g- give it a go. Give, you know, give, give me your best estimate as to why, what, what is, what's going to make, what's going to make squash uh, a, a real popular activity. Yeah, uh, well, 
you've got you've got to get it out there and you've got to get you've got to get kids you've got to get the the youth excited about the game that's the key you've got to get youth participating in the game you've seen we've seen how it's working in the united states and some pockets in the us they've got you know the varsity the the varsity thing working for them with parents seeing squash as a as a way into uh, academics, that kind of that kind of thing. But we've got to get squash into the schools, and we've got to get more juniors uh, interested in the game. I think that that's something that you know, growing up as the you know the number one player in Nova Scotia, it wasn't because I was some phenomenal uh, athlete. It's because uh, there were you know there really weren't a lot of squash players, so and I just happened to be you know one of the better ones. Uh, of, of a small group, but we need, you need more juniors to, to grow the game. That, that's where it's going to, that's basically what, where you have to start. I, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're, you've got a really good point there. I think juniors is, is really important, but you've got to have something that's going to appeal to those juniors, something that they yeah. can bite on that is going to attract them. And, and, um, I think it's been mentioned on this podcast that, uh, you know, <laughs> a very small uh, fraction of a percentage of 1% uh, play or even know about the game of squash. So communication yeah. is is really paramount. And, and if you boil everything back, it all comes down to communication. How well can you communicate with with everybody but the way i'd look at <clears throat> at any activity uh i've uh you know i've been doing re- some really deep dives and i'm not saying i i i know uh, i know everything but uh because i don't <laughs> but but i i've 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 create i've taken this down to two components uh, a, a sport or activity needs to be easy to learn and hard to master. Those right. are the two components of any fantastic activity. And if you kind of look at anything, even from well, video look, look, games, a great example is is, uh, is golf. I mean, it's 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 it, you, you can there's a great book. It's called Golf is Not a Game of uh, of Perfect. You can never perfect it. You can always improve. It's uh, I wouldn't say it's easy to learn but it's not that difficult to learn once you you spend a bit of time doing it but that's a great example and look at the popularity uh yeah and and it's the hard to learn component that makes people fanatical like you get some fanatical golf players like they're just going to go out there you know every chance that they get and you you get fanatical squash players because squash is one of those sports that's that's you know, that's hard to master. Yeah. Uh, and, and people will spend copious amounts of time on court trying to master it. But the, the, the problem squash to learn faces, is that that's the, that's the kick. That's the part it? that squash has the challenge with the, yeah. the easy to learn. And so there are a lot of options. There's, there's a lot out there. Uh, I mean, you've probably heard a few of the podcasts, Richard Millman, for example, Alan Thatcher, uh, amongst others, they've come on Nick Taylor, <laughs> Uh, they've all come on and spoken to what squash needs to do 
at the club level uh, uh, in order to uh, you know make it more accessible, not only for yeah yeah, players, and 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 I'm gonna and I'm gonna kind of you know toot the horn of Richard Millman and Alan Thatcher and and the boys, they they have really hit hit it on the head when it comes to uh, the different ball. Like, yeah. hey, you're playing with the wrong ball. Well, I would I would take that one step further, and I think they've they've also said this about squash 57s. Now, I, this is a unfortunately this is a game that I have not played, but I am, uh, you know, uh, I have I've really made a point to getting our municipal courts in the last year to bring in squash 57 rackets for rental because I really want to push squash 57s i think yeah. squash 57s uh, or rackets the the uk rackets racquetball yeah. um whatever you want to call it in fact i think we, we've got to come up with a better name for it but uh well, I, name squash 57 squash 57 <laughs> maybe yeah. i'll just call it 57 let's, let's, let's we'll play some 57s squash, <laughs> squash, squash 2.0 yeah yeah, yeah. Anyways, we ju- we just need a sport that we can start teaching uh, on a regular basis to groups of beginners, to vast mm-hmm. groups of beginners, uh, just like just like teaching pickleball. I started teaching pickleball at uh, the the racket facility, and uh, and that is an easy game to learn. Like you can you can teach people, and within fifteen minutes, they're having great rallies and good games. Yeah, now well, for sure, what, I think with, with squash fifty seven, you'd be able to to manage that. And not only that, I mean, you're gonna you you'll speak. I mean, you've seen the the demographic of, of pickleball. Obviously, you're gonna be guys in their fifties and sixties who you know may not want to play three matches of regular squash a week. You know, it's not so. It's pretty hard on your body uh, if you're playing that much uh, tough squash. You get out and play some squash fifty seven as a substitute. Uh, yeah yeah exactly and and then you start you know you can continue playing on on into your uh you know you know quite quite a ways into your squash career 57 (laughs) you can go to 57 (laughs) well we're almost there jerry we're at 52 yeah yeah Yeah. Um, all right but uh, so uh, you know jerry i think we should here i'm going to say this right now we should have another podcast and yeah. invite, you know, a lot of, a, 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 let's get, let's get five people on the podcast all at once and we'll, yeah. and we'll hash out how to grow the game and we can have this lively discussion. I think that would make for a great podcast. Okay. Well, and, we'll have uh, a little bit of a, like a symposium, I guess. Yeah. 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 Growing uh, the game. I, I one one person I'd like to ask you to invite, and I haven't talked to him, so hopefully he's good with this. Is Eduardo Alvarez? Eduardo Alvarez. Uh, you know what? He and I played at least three times at junior nationals growing up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the same same age group. Played. I, I remember playing him in under thirteen, and then in under fifteen. And three, he was uh, he played. He was from Saskatchewan. If I memory serves, now he's in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. a he's got a couple of clubs in, in yeah, Toronto, and I think 
I think he'd be I think he'd be fantastic to have on on the show yeah. because uh, he can speak f- for the clubs from the yeah, club yeah. management side and what it takes to make money and but we should we should have a, a, a group of uh, you know may- maybe uh, the listeners Bring Alan can Thatcher. Alan Thatcher would be good maybe maybe the listeners can uh, you know can start uh, suggesting some people uh, to have on that type of a show to to really yeah. get down to brass tacks yeah, and talk about yeah. what it's going to take to grow the sport um there's another podcast that i would uh that i'd love i'd love to come back i'm not going to talk about this right now because i think it deserves a a, a, a podcast unto itself but i i ran a program in, in trying to get active scout off the ground i ran a program two years ago and it was a unique program. It du- and I kid you not, it doubled our squash membership at our club in only two months. And it, wow. this was a permanent doubling. And I, I think this program needs a, a podcast unto itself outside okay. of Active Scout. So um, tell, tell me more about that. What if? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get into the. I'll get into the details uh, about what this, but it's called the corporate league. And uh, one of our members here uh, was a a member at a club that um, Paul Cole plays out of or played out of uh, in New Zealand. And, um, and so he he told me about this corporate league and how it uh, saved their uh, club uh, from diminishing uh, memberships. Okay. And he told, and he, and he was explaining to me how many members that they, you know, got into their club because of this corporate league. And I really, <laughs> to be honest, you know, when, when people talk about doubling their membership, I was just like, no, I, I, I cannot believe that uh, because I've never, I've never heard of anything close to that. Anyway. So I, <clears throat> I, I let him run with this and I, I said, oh, I will help you in any way you need help. So you just, tell me what needs to be done. And we changed, changed the rules of the corporate league a little bit, but I'm going to come back on, on another, on another time and okay. get into the details of how that works. If, if okay. you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. I think, I mean, maybe, maybe you can touch on that in, in terms of when we have our little uh, symposium. Yeah. Yeah. Bring yeah. That I can, to, that'd be, I mean, that's growing the game, right? That's uh, giving management uh, something to, to look at yeah yeah and and uh you know i I mentioned earlier about the fragmentation of our of our sport um jerry you're an educator so Mm -hmm. i want you to tell me have you ever heard of this effect it's called the dunn and kruger effect the dunn and kruger no no no, okay okay well it's it's a it's an effect that uh (laughs) <laughs> we see in squash all the time. Okay. Uh, if you boil it down, it says people with low abilities are overly confident in their ability. Right. So if you, if you have somebody who just, you know, starts playing squash in university and they're hitting the ball around with their friends and doing really well, you know, after about a week, they think, Hey, I'm really good. Like I can yeah. play anybody. I can, I can step on court with anybody and it's, and it's not until you get better. So you have, what, what happens is that right at the beginning of taking up an activity, you have this high level of 
of confidence in your, yeah. in your ability. And then as you get better, you realize, oh shit, there's a lot of shit I don't know. Yeah. And so yeah. your confidence level goes down and this is, this is called the, the Dunning-Kruger Dunning effect. And it doesn't, okay. it doesn't yet pick up again until you, you know, you become, you know, this world champion. And, but, but by the time you're this world champion, uh, you know, you, you realize that there's, you know, it's not a one size fits all. Every, everybody has their own particular style and, and the way in which you hit that drop shot can be subtly different from player to player. There's, there's a lot of complexity to it. Yeah. And so that's, that's what the Dunning Kruger effect is this bell curve of, you know, high confidence going through a long Valley of low confidence and then picking up your confidence again, uh, as you, hit the pinnacle of whatever and this not only has implications in squash but it has implications in business so that, that, that's sort of you know getting back to what what you were saying earlier uh, in terms of squash being a easy port easy should could should be a sport that's easy to pick up but difficult to to master yeah yeah if, if we yeah. could make it easy to learn um you know people would become more confident faster you know, get, get squash 57s in there. But if, if we put this into a different realm, the, the realm of club management. Mm-hmm. Now it's not like uh, we go to school to learn how to uh, manage a squash club. We don't go to, we don't go to regular conferences and where everybody sits around and learns how to manage their squash club better. We do this all as separate entities. And so this Dunning-Kruger has, uh, takes hold. You know, if, mm. if, if we're a Div 1 player, let's say, and we have a, a business degree, uh, you know, we see our club and we go, oh, man, it's been poorly managed. I'm going to take over the club and I'm going to make this club great. But we're, we're living in our own little bubbles. And because we don't talk to one another, we, do, we don't get to Im- improve the environment at our club significantly. We're reinventing the wheel because we're, we're seeing this Dunning-Kruger effect where we have, we're starting out running the club. And we have this high level of confidence that we can do this amazingly well. Mm. And it's not until years, years and years after that we're learning all of the complexities, the difficulties in running our club and right. our, you know, our confidence gets eroded away. And we what we need to do is we need to be able to talk to one another, yeah. communicate and essentially become those world champions, train ourselves to, and increase our confidence uh, by understanding what the problems are out there and talking with one another. So essentially uh, I'm, you know, so is that sort of, uh, is that sort of within active scout itself? That's one of the, the, the benefits of it is that management will have this as a resource or as a tool or as a way of communicating and sort of uh, interfacing with other management and then growing exactly. the growing the game through. So if, if I were to boil, boil Active Scout down, Active Scout is a communications platform. Mm-hmm. And that's all Active Scout is. Active Scout fits into this gap between the players 
and a booking system. And, right. and we become a plug-in for all kinds of booking systems. Now, we're, we're, we've, I've been in talks with six of the top booking systems out there. And um, there's a, a, a real desire to lower their costs. They, you know, I mean, they're, they're going through tough times as well. They need to lower their costs. So we're providing this communications plug-in for free to all of these booking systems. And, and if, if, uh, if we have listeners out there who so What's the are, value of that? Yeah, just in, give a thumbnail of what the value of your, what Active Scope provides is to the booking system. So what yeah. we've done is we've created a very unique booking system. Now we've, our, our system does have a robust backend booking system, but I did not want to compete and go out there and work with clubs directly. What I wanted to do is I wanted to work with the existing book, booking systems because there's just way too many of them out there. And I wanted I want to work with as many systems as possible to create one universal booking system. So right. this doesn't affect their business model and we don't charge the clubs or, and we don't charge the booking systems. So we don't get in the way in terms of being a competing user okay. interface. Yeah. Yeah. What we want to do is we want to unite the entire squash community in a universal booking system. And what makes our booking uh, interface so interesting is that it's a texting platform. And if, if you take a look at um, the evolution of anything technology. So when, when films first started being made, um, people used to film a, a film as if it was an on-stage play, and that was your film, because when things first, start, when when technology is first introduced, it kind of looks like its predecessor. So when webs, when websites were for, when the internet first evolved, it it resembled a newspaper, you know, yeah, because yeah. that's what that's what you know, previous technology existed. So we, you know, we, it was basically a scanned in uh, news newspaper right. and presto, that was your website. Uh, you know, websites have evolved a lot since then, but as we moved to the mobile platform, our mobile apps tended to look a lot like our websites with right. a lot of menus and complexity and all the complexity of a website but in a mobile app. Mm. And I, uh, be, being involved in technology for so long, uh, I, I've, I've really come to understand that you need to just do one thing and you need to do it really well. And all these booking systems, uh, well, a fraction of all booking systems uh, have, a, have an app. And an app yeah. is really neat what you need to have to, to sim simplify the user experience. But yeah. uh, it's either a web app or their mobile, or their mobile platform, which, you know, it, it's a website. And it's all that complexity of the booking systems because the booking systems out there are wonderful. They do some really heavy lifting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't know the the players may not feel that there's much to their booking system, but these things are complex. And what we wanted to do is provide the end user with the simplest user interface. So we created a texting platform and in that texting platform. So you're texting so on you, the top of the screen. So you're simplifying the, the use of the booking system for the booking system through the app. That's right. Yeah. So we, we, which, which, which makes total, I mean, if I wanted, like I booked, we booked a, few weeks ago i booked a game to play you there in whistler and yeah so, so I that's why i even you know never even using the app before boom done yeah so that's why i i invited you to become an honorary member of the whistler squash club because be, because I should be. I built <laughs> because the app is not me- the app is not meant to be just downloaded willy-nilly it's not, yeah. if you download the app willy-nilly, it's not going to work for you. Uh, it needs to be integrated with your club's booking system and with your club mm-hmm. so that all of a sudden, all of the members instantly have access to the app and your, your user profile on Active Scout is essentially imported from your profile that exists already in your booking system. So it allows you to simplify the user experience simply by uh, texting someone, hey, Jerry, let's, ha- let's have a game. And then right below the, you know, uh, you have the ability to click you know, and see what's available as you're texting the person. So I, right. Hey, as, as I'm, as I'm texting you, I can see what's available. I can click on that particular time uh, and book it or, you know, because you're, because you're seeing exactly what I'm seeing and your schedule is different from my schedule. And I say, Hey, Jerry, how about two thirty? And you, look at and see that four o'clock's available as well. And you can simply say, well, four o'clock works better for me. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do four o'clock. Okay. Presto. It's booked. So it, by, by, instead of just communicating through a WhatsApp, um, you have the, all the information in front of you. Yeah. Because by, by connecting with me and you and our schedules, and You've got everything the you want right there. And the schedule of the club, we have exponentially made ourselves more efficient. Yeah. Because uh, you know, you're you're getting all of the information all in one place, which is very different from a WhatsApp. So in, in WhatsApp, you're you you know, think of this as WhatsApp a new is one of several steps you have to take in order to Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If so, by do by combining this all into one. And I, I, I mean, I get it all the time. Uh, you know, my my squash. Uh, someone will say, "Okay, let's book for three. Okay, and then you don't know if it's booked. Yeah. I mean, is it booked yet? And then you you give the guy, you send the guy a message back. Is it booked? And you don't know. It doesn't <laughs> respond. 
And then you show up and, and he's not there. And, and he's not there. Wait, where the hell is he? Oh, shit. You know what? I, th- I thought we were playing next Tuesday. I thought I it was next we Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, these are the things that uh, Active Scope makes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we integrate everything all into one. Much more efficient. Yeah. And, and so by, by, by working exclusively with the booking systems, uh, this is – this is the critical insight that that uh, I, I I had if we were going to make this a reality. But by working with the booking systems, well, each booking system, let's say, has uh, a thousand clubs, and each club that they work with has five hundred members. Um, now I might be over exaggerating that, and so, but you get the idea: is that you can onboard a hell of a lot of users in a very short period of time if you work well with everybody. And so we've, we've got uh, uh, six of the top booking systems and some of these booking systems are in tennis, but six of the top booking systems uh, and, um, and that's about a million users that we're going to be onboarding over the next year. And yeah. so I thought to myself, well, who could use access to a million users Hmm. you know like any anybody who is marketing themselves to the squash community an event yeah yeah. uh you know a fellow like peter nickel peter nickel could use an opportunity to talk directly to a million users and uh, and promote you know uh you know online instruction yeah there are a lot of people out there that would really benefit and the community would really benefit the ability to talk to one another and form groups uh, Mm. social groups on this platform where we could talk to one another and we could really resolve the issues and and we could take this beyond reinventing the wheel over and over and over again we could do some really good things and we could grow the sport and we could have leaders like Alan Thatcher talking about, you know, all the things that we should be doing in our clubs properly. And Alan's got this consultancy about, you know, uh, regarding the building of new clubs. Yeah. Outdoor facilities and new clubs and, uh, yeah, before 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 we uh, you know I I think we could talk forever and ever, but before I, I before I want to uh, you know wind down our conversation, I'd like to um, talk about uh, New Year's predictions. Sure. Do you want to do you want to do some New Year's New, predictions? New Year's predictions. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Like here we that. go. Yeah. That that that's a great uh, way to to end today's. Uh, and, and this uh, pod, I think, New Year's. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, Jerry? Jerry, I think, I think uh, I'd, I'd love to come on the podcast a few more times uh, if, if I could. That's my um, prediction. My prediction is that you, one prediction, Rob Eberhardt will uh, be on this podcast in 2021 at least three times. At least <laughs> okay, there three we go. times. Okay, so three we're going to. Minimum. Okay. <laughs> we'll finish up. So. Here, uh, and 
and and these predictions are are taken from uh, many learned people, uh, not myself. Okay. Um, I just I just rejigged them for squash. Oh, good. Um, okay. Okay. So, so COVID has undeniably changed the world that we live in, especially yeah. with squash. So, um, and as as you know, um, Jerry, on a more serious tone, um, my wife's uh, mother and sister passed away uh, mm-hmm. from COVID. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this was in the first wave of uh, of 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 the you know the of covid and so uh it's covid will have affected some of us more than others but it's going to undeniably affect every club out there and uh, covid's not you know so i i'm an optimistic person and i believe that squash can come back and here's my prediction squash can and will come back stronger but the amount of comeback that we see is dependent on us as a community, on yeah. our ability to unite as an industry. And we can't be independent clubs anymore. We have to be one community sharing our successes as well as our failures, because we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. But I mean, we need to... Be, this might not be sort of connected to what you're talking about, but I think I think the template that Ben was describing uh, about the Whistler squat or the Whistler rackets uh, community or whatever, for lack, I'm not sure what the exact name is, but he wants to bring everybody under one umbrella, right? He wants to bring pickleball. He wants to bring tennis. He wants to bring squash under one umbrella, everybody sort of serving the same purpose, working together to provide a service to provide a healthy lifestyle uh, for your community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, we've had, you know, long discussions about this. I mean, no, I'm and, not sure. I, I think that's sort of connected to what, what you're getting at. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so if, if I were to make predictions, that's so a great prediction, I, I, I yeah, here's, here's what, here's, here's my top six predictions okay. for players. So for play, the okay, change in predictions. player patterns. Okay. So no, number one, a mm-hmm. uh, player can work. A player can work where they want, i.e., remote working. This is going to increase the popularity subtly for suburban and rural clubs at the expense of previously popular downtown clubs. So um, this is is in stark contrast to what we've been experiencing over the last 20 years where downtown clubs have been growing in in popularity, whereas the rural clubs have been falling off. I think what's going to happen because people can work from anywhere is that rural clubs may see a comeback. Mm. Uh, And, and if, if you're a part of a rural club out there listening to this podcast, uh, I think you need to kind of, you know, Hey, you know, pull up the bootstraps yeah and and uh and this you know this is our time as in small towns this is our time to shine Uh, number two number two uh people will increasingly place a higher priority on our health and well-being Mm. so this is this is the perfect time for people to start 
promoting squash yeah. and promoting squash as the one of the best ways in which we can get healthy. Yes, um, exactly. N- number three, there will be a higher number of cases of burnout from people working from home. Because when you're working from home, you have an intrinsic desire to work harder. Yeah, you've got to work harder. You feel like you're not doing enough. Uh, you feel like you, you don't want anyone to think that you're being lazy. That's right. And yeah, so we're going to see higher burnout rates and sports can play that critical role in breaking up our day yeah. and you providing know, f- physical and psychological relief. Um, and also people will get burnt out from working out in their living rooms. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm serious. I, I, I mean, I, I did my circuit training four days in a row here in my living room, which is nice high ceilings. I can do just about anything in here, but Man, it, it, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. I, I do. I do agree with you. It's it's been great having my my uh, daughter home from university because uh, she's she's uh, pushing me to to work out again at home, uh, oh, which I've I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon of working out at home. Okay, um, yeah, well, it's great. It's great to do. It's, but uh, I think if you do too much of it, you, you'll burn out. You got to yep. you, you got to expose yourself to the squash court. You do. Yeah. Uh, number four. Yes. Uh, there will be an increasing number of retreats and long working vacations. Uh, as a result, people will be required to uh, f- get a better way to network and arrange games with players from different clubs. What yeah. better way to do that? than through Active Scout, a universal communications platform and a universal booking system okay. in which you can connect with players. Now, so there'll, there'll mind be more you, retreats. There'll be more retreats. Exactly. Okay. And, 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 this will, and, and yeah. for all of those people at private, you know, exclusive private facilities that don't allow uh, anybody for, uh, other than members to book, uh, I just want to make it clear that Active Scout was built with all of, you know, not not just because it's a universal booking system doesn't mean that anybody can book the Hollyburn and just <laughs> so that so that uh, Jerry, yeah. you and I can go down and play at the Hollyburn. No, right. that does, it's not it's not the way it works. But anyways, that's that's a discussion for another time. But anyways. Okay. It's it. The point here is that we should be able to communicate better and find people to play that are at our own level that are from different clubs. Okay. Uh, number five. Okay. There will be a hobby renaissance and openness to take up new activities. Mm, that's huge because not, you know, not a lot. The, the, the majority of the population don't know very much about squash. This is yep. our, this is our opportunity to, to put it out there, to make it accessible, to make it easy to learn and difficult to master. <laughs> exactly. And 56, 56% of squash players uh, are introduced to squash through word of mouth. Hmm. And we have to take communication very seriously if we want to grow this sport because word of mouth is the king. And yeah. when I say word of mouth, that includes social word, media word of, mouth, word of mouth in now that is social media yeah yeah 
Number six, uh, remote work will increase our propensity to communicate through writing. So we're all going to have to be better writers because now we're working remotely. You know, writing is the key for us communicating and talking with our coworkers and increasing the complexity we all, we all thought that, uh, you know, writing was a, a lost art. Now we have to, uh, now we have to learn it all over it again. again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we, that, we, we're doing all this short form for writing now just yeah. to try and be more. But, but, uh, but like you said, now that we're, we're separated and, and uh, working from home, we have to learn how to, uh, to our communication skills have, we have to ramp up. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. We, you, you know, that's, we have it's, to be it's descriptive. Good. Exactly. We've, yeah. we've got to be all very good writers. And so, mm. the, you know, the English language or the French language or whatever language you're communicating in, your written ability to communicate in that language is just going to be more important. So this is going to place a, a heavier priority on the way in which we communicate with one another. And what better way to do that than through a texting or a social platform? Yeah. Um, okay. Now I've got uh, seven, uh, uh, seven New Year's predictions for changing demands on a club. Okay. okay. Seven New Year's predictions for changing demands on a club. Okay. Yes. N- number one, a player's time is, will become more flexible, providing clubs with an opportunity to fill in non-prime time slots easier than ever before. Well, that was so, always, yeah, that was always an issue, wasn't it? It was always like, it was okay, always an issue. Squash courts are only, uh, we're only filling that time during, uh, after when people are finished work. Yeah. Yeah. Or that. So now more people are working now from home. Di- now this is different, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Number okay, two. Number two. Uh, demand for variety will increase, making multi-purpose courts a very desirable addition, including moving walls and for a multi-purpose court space. So, uh, you know, Alan's uh, push for building new clubs and providing consultancy for uh, how to build those clubs is going to be in greater demand because we're going to need to think more about how we build our new clubs. Yeah, that, and that's always been, um, and I think we talked, I talked to Ben about this. There's always been this thing where, uh, you know, it's either squash or it's nothing, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, do, we can't, that, we can't that, think about That's not going to work anymore, uh, which, uh, you know, brings it, brings us back to what I've, mentioned earlier about you guys wanting to bring all the racket sports together under one umbrella. This is kind of similar to what you were getting at there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, we, 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 sometimes we get very territorial and we, and we get, you know, so focused on our, on our sport that we don't think about, you know, it's only in, in times of war that multi multiple countries will come together as one, um, yeah. other, otherwise we, we think of ourselves as, oh, you know, I'm, I'm this country. I'm not your country. I'm not going to, you know, we have to think about, you know, this is a, a war. This is a fight for our, 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 survival. Uh, our survival. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, we have to partner. Uh, number three, okay. uh, AR and VR gaming environments will now become a critical attraction for bringing in new and younger players. Multi-ball, you know, interactive squash 
Yeah. Uh, that's, that's our one, one example that we're seeing right now, but more is coming and we're going to okay. see more. And so as a club, we need to be open to these environments in which we can create a lot of fun for youth in these small environments and yeah. create environments in which we can uh, sort of learn, learn the, physical the activity. Technology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Learn physical activity in a in a fun way in which that that will attract uh, you know you know six year olds and seven year olds into into the and introduce them into the sports in yeah. a, in a slow and 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 less painful way than uh, you know spend seven years of doing down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Number four, many clubs will outgrow their current facilities and will need to assess how they grow effectively without looking ad hoc. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to leave, leave that at that. I'm not going to go any okay. further with that. Yeah. Uh, number five, clubs will utilize technology to maximize their revenues and minimize their operational costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those that utilize technology will be the big winners. So I, I was doing a little bit of club consulting and, and really trying to uh, get the clubs to embrace uh, platforms uh, like human resource platforms um, yeah. uh, that will allow the staff to communicate better and organize their periods in which they're working. I'm working Tuesday. I'm not working next Tuesday and organize themselves through communication. And once again, communication is always the key, but the the clubs that will uh, adopt these modern ways of doing accounting modern ways of doing your human resources, modern ways of operationally organizing your club. Those are the clubs that are going to be able to reduce their costs, have happier staff and drive more interest into membership because with happy, happy staff, uh, you get happy members. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Um, number six, clubs that embrace social networks will better adapt, adapt to creating a stronger sense of community. Yes. So build, b- building community. I mean, we all start playing squash for the sport, but we stay because of the community. The community, exactly. We yeah. stay because of the relationships that we build on, yeah. on the court. And that's what keeps us at, at the, at the squash court, you know, for that, I mean, 10 take, hours take drinking the, beers after our game. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that anymore. And this is, uh, the, this, this is why these predictions are so important right now. I mean, you take a look at the back in the late eighties, early nineties, a club like uh, VRC uh, down in Vancouver. I mean, that was exactly what we're talking about right now. That's what we want. A club that had that type of, uh, you know, community, squash community, where you'd go and you'd play your squash. But the squash was just sort of part of the whole package. It wasn't the main thing. It was just part of it. And uh, that's kind of what that's what's what's missing now, isn't it? 
No, no. And, and, and our modern social networks will play a, a, a critical role in initiating that yeah. community, in, in initiating an online community to initiate an offline community. Yeah. And they're going to be, you know, I, well, we're so I, reliant I think, upon the social media now, aren't we? We're, we're so reliant upon those communities that it, it should be, it needs to be part of what a club is offering, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, and, and we have to really look at, you know, who we're trying to attract at these clubs. We're not, you know, yeah, we're, we are trying to appease all, all of our hardcore long-term members, but our hardcore long-term members are still going to join next year. Yeah. Even if we, if, even if we tell them not to, they're still going to join next year. Yeah. Um, they're, they're hardcore squash players. Um, it's, it's the people who are new to the game and who are marginal members. Those are, the, those are the people that we really have to appeal to. And those are the people who are also much more in tuned with social media, with social networks online. And we can connect the online communities with these offline communities of being on the courts. And we should do that to our advantage. And that's uh, a lot about what Active Scout is. Number seven. Brilliant. Here's here's seventh and, Number and seven. final one. Uh, sharing is about to overtake search. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Google and AdWords have really been the predominant way in which we've marketed over the past 10, 15, 20 years uh, since the advent of the internet. Key, keywords and search has been critical. Yeah. But <laughs> sharing is about to overtake search when we get act when we want to find new things. This is what's called Zuckerberg's law. Yeah, <laughs> Zuckerberg. there we go. Yeah, yeah. And and so what he noticed is that every year the amount of sharing on the internet doubles. Wow. Yeah. So uh, because of that exponential growth in sharing and how we find new things and new products and new things to do, i.e. squash, um, we, you know, sharing is going to overtake that. So we need to be heavily involved in social so that we can squash take advantage. Needs to be heavily involved in the social. It has to, it has to have a social platform that will take advantage of, of that. Phenomenon. Because that exponentially yeah. increases our voice out to the, the rest of the, the squash mass. community. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it once again comes down to communication and that well, is yeah. why, that is why I've chose to build active scout, not as a competing booking system, but to provide active scout to the booking systems to create a universal communications platform. That can be, yeah, that can be shared and seen and utilized by everybody uh, involved. I see that. I see the the big picture here, Rob. Those seven predictions. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to them again. But uh, it's definitely uh, definitely something uh, of value that I think uh, we got out of today's uh, uh, podcast. But uh, are we going to uh, do this again soon, sir? Yeah, let's let's do this again uh, real soon. And if I, if I can, before we wind out, I'd like to uh, have an ask 
if I could, of the Squash community. Absolutely, yeah. Well, before before we sign off, uh, you know, just give us anything, uh, any details uh, about Active Scout uh, before uh, parting. Yeah. Well, I I'm I I would really like to connect with individuals. Um, so if if you're uh, if you run a club, if you're a, a club pro, if you're uh, if you run a booking system, if you sell products to the squash community, I would like to connect with you. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn under Robert Eberhard um, in Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. Um, and Jerry, I, I don't know if uh, you can post my uh, my sure. email on, on do that. Uh, Rob at activescout.com. There we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, if uh, I think, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll post everything. I'll, uh, every, every, everything is about connecting and communicating. So if right. people can reach out to, to me and connect with me, love to connect uh, back. Well, perfect, Rob. And uh, again, I uh, really appreciate uh, your sponsoring the podcast. And I think it's a fantastic, uh, you know, I wouldn't just take on any sponsor. It, it would have to be a good one like yours. And I think there's definitely a value uh, to it. And uh, I can see the value just having used it myself. And let, let's move onward and upward uh, heading into 2021. Yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't really go into any depth about what Active Scout is, but you know, I no, think that's, I think uh, for, that's I think for another think, that's for another podcast. We, I think what we covered today is really what Active Scout is all about. It's about uh, sharing. It's about creating community. It's about uh, communicating what we want to do in squash. It's about creating uh, networks of squash uh, people, management, coaches. That's what it is. Uh, it's, that's exactly it. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we talked about today, uh, amongst other things, uh, the passing around the beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thank, thank you very much, Jerry, for, for having me on. I look forward to uh, coming on with uh, and having that group discussion. Well, many thanks to Rob Eberhardt for that, and that was fantastic stuff. Lots of food for thought there. Lots of, uh, lots of things to glean from that to take with you uh, back to your club uh, to talk about how to grow the game, what we need to do uh, during this uh, really challenging time. And uh, looking forward to maybe having Rob on again with a few other guys who are really uh, deep into this uh, discussion on growing the game. It is a discussion and there is some action being taken, but uh, you know, there's always room for improvement and always uh, room for new ideas. And that's what this is all about. And appreciate Rob uh, taking his time and really uh, giving a, uh, putting a lot of thought into uh, what we talked about today. Uh, appreciate you, Rob. Thank you so much and appreciate all of you. Thanks everybody for listening. We're going to have Simon Ross on in just a few days as well. In fact, that uh, discussion just took place and it was magnificent. Uh, much like today's was magnificent, but uh, Simon, as we all know, is just retired and uh, he gave us a fair amount of his time and talked about his career. So we're going to be having him on in just a few days. That episode will drop. Many thanks to you. All the best with your squash if you're playing. If not, uh, hang tight. You know, Do your uh, lockdown training at home or whatever it is uh, that you have to do just keep your eye on the ball uh, fortunately for me I'll be able to play uh, tomorrow uh, 
going to be playing tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And uh, But I hope everybody is safe, healthy, and well. That's the most important thing. Take good care now, and uh, stay tuned again for the next uh, few upcoming ep- episodes. All the best. Goodbye now.